give up my Atari? My television? How about for this? You bet your asteroids. Presenting the revolutionary Vectrex arcade system. Discover how Vectrex brings real arcade play home. Fantastic! Ordinary home video games can't match the laser-sharp visual effects of Vectrex. Hey, Willie, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. How's it going for you? It's alright. Today we're going to be talking about Armor Attack. Of course, Armor Attack uh, first was a arcade game by Cinematronics. Did you play that a lot? Uh, yes, yes, I did. I think it was released back in 1980, and uh, I remember this coming to my local arcade. And I really love the vector graphics games quite a bit. And th- this was right my alley because it was basically a top-down war game where you're battling tanks as well. This was one of my brother's favorite games too. We used to play the Living Daylights out of this thing at the arcade. <laughs> Very enjoyable. It's definitely a quarter muncher. It's definitely a quarter muncher. At least it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I thought was interesting is that, like the Vectrex port, uh, the arcade cab has a kind of an overlay that gave color to the black and white graphics. Mm-hmm. But uh, unlike the arcade version, the Vectrex version actually draws the walls on the screen. Which the, is a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good thing. So you don't actually have to have the overlay. But the uh, the arcade version... You have to have that film on the arcade um, because if something happened and it fell off, melted off or whatever over time and age, uh, it makes the game impossible to play. Well, you can pretend you're like, it's a night game. You can't see the buildings <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Well, Invisible it, armor attack. It makes it difficult to avoid the tanks because you don't know where they're going to turn. Yep. Also, something pretty interesting about the arcade version is that uh, in the beginning, there's some Morris code that actually you can translate and it translates to don't register because Kelly was pretty mad about the uh, male military draft that started about the time the game came out. So he added that in there as a kind of protest. (laughs) I remember that that Morse code playing all the time but never really paid much attention to it. That's funny. We're going to be mainly talking about the Vectrex port, because this is Vectrex Radio. So the Vectrex version was coded by Duncan Muirhead. And uh, what do you think about the game, Willie? I think it's a pretty cool game. I think the Vectrex version uh, is very well done. I like how you can use the analog stick to steer your Jeep, so you can, depending on how far you move the stick, will depend on how fast the Jeep will steer right or left, which I like, instead of using the, the push buttons to steer. Yeah, if you play game number two or three, you can actually use the buttons on the controller yes. to steer. Yep, which I don't like. I like I like using the analog stick. Yeah, it definitely makes it a little easier, in my opinion. I still can't play with the darn, even with the analog stick, but it's fun. <laughs> Speaking of that, what is your high score? I, last time I played it, played it this morning, I got up to about 60, 63,000 or so. Wow. Was that using the cheats? I don't know what I was doing. I was just running all over the place, <laughs> shooting tanks and avoiding the helicopters and shooting them from, you know... I was doing like I did in the arcade, just basically trying to survive. I don't know where the, the cheat zone is. <laughs> so you never found the cheat zone? I don't think I did. I, I did sit in this one area of the screen where I was able to shoot tanks coming in from the right and the left, and the helicopter fairly easy. Mm-hmm. 
but it it didn't protect me for a long time. Did you ever come to a point while playing the game in which only helicopters started spawning? No. Oh, okay. So then maybe you didn't cheat. <laughs> but yeah, something cool about the game is that uh, there are places nobody can hit you. The helicopters can't really hit you. Tanks can't hit you. And if you want to do this cheat, uh, you can just sit there and marathon the game for hours and hours shooting helicopters. Which you did for two freaking hours. Which I did just for fun, just to see what it was like until I got bored. And I got a score of 211,100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play the game for two hours to beat your high score. I gave up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, normally I don't do that well. I only get around thirty-five to 40,000 uh, just playing it the normal way. So, without cheating, you are a better armor tech player than I am. <laughs> well, before before you reveal where the, the zones are, where I would sit most of the time, where it seemed to be a good position, was towards the center of the screen at the bottom. There's these two small squares. I'd get between them, mm-hmm. and I could shoot at angles up to the sides, right and left, when the tanks were coming out. That's where I sat most of the time, and it seemed to work for well, a while. That's a sort of safe zone. Um where you could, you know, if if I do that, I can score like around the same amount that you score because it's kind of a safe zone, but not quite. Yeah. The the real safe zone is that big square right up the middle of the top. Um, if you just get your jeep uh, and then back it up, right the upper middle, uh, just the right spot, then nothing can kill you. Whoa. And I did it for like two hours until I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) You got to the point where just helicopters were coming out? Yeah, because uh, if the tanks destroy themselves, uh, then only helicopters come out. And that's it. And you just shoot helicopters for a thousand points each. And you can just keep racking up the score. Now, granted, you can't actually do this cheat until you score at least about 20,000 points. Because... uh, you have to get three tanks in the arena before that cheat will work. Oh. So you do about 20,000 without cheating, and then go to the safe zone, and then you just get helicopter after helicopter after helicopter, and you just keep blasting them away until you get a high score forever. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you, you read about the safe zone, but you didn't know where it was. You actually went and found it on your own. Yeah, I just... I just drove around and parked in different places and uh, just started shooting until I did better at the score and then figured out, oh, this place is the perfect spot because nothing can hit me. (laughs) It took me about five minutes to figure it out. It wasn't very difficult at all. I believe there are pictures of the spot on the internet somewhere. Somewhere. Maybe I'll post a picture on our Facebook page. There you go. Of where to sit. So let's talk about the gameplay of Armor Attack. So the player controls a jeep in a war zone, and then waves of tanks and helicopters approach to annihilate the player. And of course it takes one hit to immobilize the tank and two to disable its turret. To totally destroy it. Yeah. As the waves are beaten, uh, more and more tanks will uh, come out and they'll be faster. 
And between, much faster. Much faster. And between the different waves of tanks, the helicopters fly over, and uh, they fly around and try to destroy you. And one of the cool cheats is that you can actually turn the brightness up really bright, and you can actually see where the helicopter will come in before it arrives. That is cool. I, I did that. Did you? Yeah. He's like, oh, there you come. So I just aim my Jeep in that <laughs> position. Just keep firing. So you cheated, too. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I cheated. And your Jeep does not have reverse. No. So let's talk about the scoring for the game. First hit on a tank, you get 200 points. And then the second hit on each tank, you get 300 plus a bonus. For every helicopter you destroy, you get 1,000 points. And, of course, after you destroy five helicopters in a row, you get a brand new Jeep. And then you also get a bonus that uh, starts again at 100 for the next helicopter. So after the first five, then you get another 100 point bonus for each next helicopter but for the arcade game you get 20 points for the first hit and 30 points for the second hit and the helicopters are only worth 100 plus a tank bonus of 10 and then of course after five helicopters you get a new jeep just like in the victrix version it's interesting the scoring is like a factor of 10 less yeah, factor of 10 less from the arcade so you have very much vectrix. higher scoring potential on vectrix than you do in the arcade evidently yeah, yeah. For the arcade game, the highest score ever achieved was actually also the longest marathon of the game, which was achieved in 2013 by John Salter of Ohio, who played for 85 hours and 16 minutes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) With a score of 2,211,990 points. Oh my gosh. And he didn't cheat. (laughs) Uh, This is the arcade version, and... uh, what he did was he just got enough uh, jeeps in reserve so that he could like take power naps. Wow! Take a power nap, sleep for a while, come back. Oh, we still got some jeeps left. Keep going. I could not imagine doing a marathon session in any arcade game. Uh, Eighty-five hours—that'd be crazy. People complain about doing those twenty-four-hour uh, charity marathons, but could you imagine could eighty-five hours? Yeah. I, mean, I could barely do those. Yeah, but his record beat the original record of two million nine thousand by Tom Larkin in nineteen eighty-two. Wow. So that record stood for almost 30 years. Yeah. Who would wow. want to play for 85 hours? <laughs> yeah, that would definitely uh, limit the uh, potential. Mm. Yeah. But I really like the cabinet art on the uh, arcade version. It's really nice. Yeah. it Cinematronics made some really neat-looking arcade cabinets. And the overlay was pretty cool, too, that's on the actual arcade game. Yeah, overlays were really nice. It was very detailed for what it was. Let's talk about how much this cart will cost you. If you want to get a loose copy on eBay, it's about six fifty. Sometimes they go up to $22. And a complete in box, the lowest price we found was about $21. And the highest we found was about 50 average. That's not including the crazy people that want to charge $100 for it. <laughs> <laughs> Another cool thing about Armor Attack is, of course, it's one of only three games that have simultaneous multiplayer. Yes. The other two is Ripoff and Space Wars. The game is a lot of fun when you have two people playing. Yeah, that's something we should talk about, the playability of the game itself. For me, yeah. I think it's it's kind of fun for a while, like a short break, kind of play with it. But after about 20 minutes, I just kind of get bored with it as a single player. Yes. So, yeah, I can see how multiplayer would make it a lot more interesting and entertaining. Hey, Ray, try Mattel Electronic. 
Magic's new basketball 2, the all-pro version of the number one selling electronic basketball game. What's the difference, man? Now you can pass between players. Hey, that's new. So's the three-point outside shot. Ooh, I'm hot. Our computer even calls fouls and penalties. Three seconds is the key. <laughs> Who's in there? All-pro basketball 2. Who is in there? Basketball 2, one of nine sports games from the number one name, Mattel Electronics. Star Wars. It's great in the arcade. Whoa! Time fighters, fireballs, coming right at me. Watch the laser towers. Aim for the tops. Pick in the cutouts. Use the force. They're coming too fast. It's flames. Get away! My shields are gone. All right, stop going in. Oh, some game, huh? Some game. In a galaxy of video games, there is only one: Star Wars, the arcade game. And now the Star Wars theme, programmed by Chris Solomon. TwinGalaxies.com, there's a really cool post with a quote by Tim Skelly, the original programmer of Armor Attack. He writes down, Armor Attack was done at a time when I felt I had worked out a few things about game design. I was just trying to do an artful update of one of the earliest video games called Tank. Everything went smoothly. However, there were only two problems. The first was that again and again and again, Jim Pierce wouldn't allow the mirror technique used in Warrior to be used here for a background. Pierce and, quote, Papa Tom Stroud, the owners of Simatronics, were blankety-blankety-blankety with every game they took away one or more color from the cabinet art because each pass cost a few pennies more. If I had done one more game, the artworks would have been black on black like Warrior. I just didn't have the drawing time to draw the very important background outlines on the screen during the game. They can be seen by themselves in the test mode for alignment. So the clever solution that management came up with was to use the same kind of overlay that we used on Star Castle. The problem was that the overlay wasn't covering or coloring anything but black. That's why the playfield for the game is either black or slightly greenish black. Oh well, it worked well enough, I guess. A second event occurred about the time I had just started the game. We heard through the grapevine that Atari had completed a tank game and was testing in the Bay Area. Obviously, we were concerned. One of the management guys went through the phone books for the Bay Area and called every arcade until he found the one with the test game. He used a very cheesy hillbilly accent. It was pretty funny. We flew up immediately. When we got there, we spotted the game, which turned out to be Battle Zone. Since it was 3D and mine was top-down with entirely different gameplay, we went ahead with our plans despite of how good we thought the Atari game was. But that's not the funny bit. While everyone was checking out Battlezone, I wandered around the arcade like I usually did, looking for games I hadn't played. I found one and really got into it. It, too, was an Atari test piece, 
but none of the management guys thought much of it. Funny, I really thought Missile Command would make it. At the time I was finishing the game, the U.S. government decreed that every male of draft age had to register, even though there was no draft in effect. This pissed me off, old draft resistor, especially since my buddy Scott Bowden was someone who had had to sign up. I wanted to use Morse code sounds in Armor Attack, and I knew Morse code from my old Boy Scout days, so that's the real Morse code in the game beeping out, don't register. I was also assuaging my own conscience, since I had heard that Atari had sold Battlezone to the army. Alright, let's talk about the port. Of course, uh, one of the coolest ports is the Mattel LCD version made in 1982. You ever played one of those, dude? I never played one, but I do remember them on the shelf. Oh, wow. Once I saw a picture of it, I recognized it. It's like, I, I remember seeing those. An interesting thing about that is that if you open one up, you can see that it was made by Toshiba Japan, and they wrote Tank on the board. <laughs> so perhaps they were going to release it in Japan as Tank. Other homebrews, we've got uh, Armor Attack 2, which is a sequel for the 7800. This was programmed by Robert DiCrescenzo in 2013. You can actually still get that game for 30 bucks with manual, or 50 bucks complete in box. Good deal for that game. That is a good deal. It's a pretty good looking game. Yeah, it looks good. Other homebrews available, uh, for the, there's actually a PSP version, a PC version, and a PS3 version, although uh, I couldn't find the PSP or PS3 version anywhere. Uh, I will put a link, I already have put a link on the Facebook page where you can find the PC port. Uh, this was never actually released for sale. It was a uh, It was a master's degree in programming project by a team called Team X. And uh, for some reason, the website says that the PSP and PS3 version is included, but when you download it, uh, it's not there, sadly. Right. But uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. I really like the Evolved version the best. There's a classic yeah. and Evolved. I like the Evolved. The Evolved version is a lot of fun with those that pixelated graphics and a three-quarter mm. top-down view. And I like how the like- uh, shots bounce back and forth off the wall. Yes, I like that as a gameplay element. A lot of fun. So if you want some more armor attack action, give that one a shot. Yes. It's a lot more fast-paced. Much more. And there's actually a Flash remake from 2004 by Kevin Robinson, which you can find on Newgrounds. It's interesting, he said that he was a big fan of armor attack back in the arcade days, and that's why he made this Flash game. There's another free PC version you can play. Awesome. So there's lots of ways to play armor attack besides MAME. Or the Vectrex. Or the Vectrex. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Speaking of ports, uh, let's go to the interview where we talked with Robert DiCrescenzo about his uh, Armor Attack 2 for the 7800. Well, hi. How you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. Glad uh, you could join us uh, talk about Armor Attack. Thank you for even thinking of me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Attack 2. Yeah, I think the first question I have is, what made you decide to uh, to make Armor Attack 2? Um, originally, it was going to be a straight port of Armor Attack, and because we had it for the Vectrex. My brother had the Vectrex back in the day, and um, we used to play a lot of it on that. And um, I, as I was doing it, I said, you know what, I want to make different mazes in here. And I just kept saying, you know what, while I'm in there, I might as well do this, and I might as well do this, and it became more than just armor attack <laughs> but um so i i figured call it armor attack too so that's that's how it 
started. I actually had the beginnings of it when I first started programming on the 7800. But it kind of, beginnings of it, and I put it away for quite a while. And then when I finally came back to it, I had all these ideas to do for it. So you played uh, more of the Vectrex version than you did the arcade version? Uh, yeah, I played a little of the arcade version, but more, more of the Vectrex because that's, you know, we had access to that. <laughs> Is it uh, one of your favorite games in the Vecchi? Um, yeah. I, I would I would say so, especially with another person. It's much much more fun with playing two player at the same time. Oh yeah. Uh, what were some of the challenges that you uh, had with uh, programming for the seven eight hundred? Um. The believe it or not, um, although the seven eight hundred can handle a lot of sprites, I had to actually flicker some of the some of the uh, tank sprites because the way the the way they're drawn, um, the tank bottom was one sprite and the turret was another one. So every every time there was one tank, there were actually two sprites making it up. So once I got past four, four uh, tanks, you had a possibility of four tanks, two shots, two players, and two helicopters. And the helicopter body and uh, uh, rotary, I can't think of the, the blades, were also two separate sprites. So it, it became much, so I had to flicker the, uh, the tanks once there were more than three on the screen, or more than two on the screen. So um, that was that was challenging. I did, I never had never flickered anything before that. So, well, what do you think was the best improvement you made uh, in, in Armor Attack Two compared to the original Armor Attack? Uh, I can only speak from my own uh, opinion because I I can't improve upon an arcade game. That's that's that would be pompous of me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what, my my favorite one was actually sneaking in a second helicopter after, I think. 50 or 100,000 points, I forget. Um, but I snuck in a second helicopter that could attack at the same time. So, so it kind of that kind of surprises the player, I hope. I think my favorite thing is that you actually put the screen, the score up all the time. Because I hate the fact that the score <laughs> only shows up uh, between <laughs> stages. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me too. Version. Thank you. That's bothered me too. So how long ago did you actually start Armor Attack 2? You said you put it away for a while. Uh, yeah. Um, I I think it was as I was doing um, Pac-Man Collection. So it was about oh. 2006, 2007. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And I uh, took it out. I forgot when I did it. Um, hold on. Let me look at the box. <laughs> Two twenty fourteen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's good seven years later. Um but uh, yeah, that's that's how long it sat there for a while, and I I just said finally I just got ideas and I just started working on it again. It just it just happened. <laughs> Do you remember who used to get the highest scores on the Vectrex version between you and your brother? Um, actually, my my brother had it, but my best friend and I were the ones who played it. Oh, um, but uh, he I think he bested me on that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there were certain games I liked but wasn't wasn't good at. Sinistar is one of them. Um, that's another one. Oh. I, even though I wasn't good at it, I still liked it a lot. So. Well, we attempted to do a high score contest, but my little buddy here yeah. discovered a little uh, hidden area where you can, you can basically just sit and keep shooting things, and he played it for two hours straight. Oh, really? <laughs> so I gave up. Uh, in the Vectrex version, uh, which was uh, leads me to a question I was going to ask you. Did you program in any safe zones into the 7800 version? Um, not intentionally, but it's, it, I think there are a couple, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there are a couple cause I, I actually look for, for stuff like that. I, I, but after a while, either the tank 
will be on the other side of a wall and just go back and forth, and then the um, the helicopter will just keep coming out, or then it gets boring. But um, <laughs> but otherwise, they'll just the, the helicopter will usually get you after a while. So there's no way to marathon it like you can the uh, Vecchi Vecchi version. Um, I think you could sit some one place for a while, then move somewhere else to sit there for a while. I mean, you could probably do something like that. I would think. Was there anything uh, that you would like to have added to Armor Attack Two, but you weren't able to? More tanks. More tanks. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> better with more tanks. I, I would have liked to have gone up to like having eight tanks at a time on the screen, but then uh, I don't think that would have been able to do that. Holy cow! <laughs> well, that's that's for like the after the one hundred, two hundred thousand <laughs> mark. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's that's the one I think. Do you ever think about? Uh, maybe doing a version that another player would control the tanks? Hmm. Well, I, I didn't think of it only because there's usually more than one on the screen at a time. So which one, I guess the one closest to you or I, I it's, that's a little tough call. I think. Yeah, that's true. Besides it'd be too much like combat then. Yes. That's a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Do you have any more questions about armor tech really? Cause I was going to ask him about uh, scramble as well while we got in here. No, no. Let's uh, let's move on to some of his other uh, incredible work. God, thank you. <laughs> so uh, you also did another great uh, Vectrex favorite uh, and arcade game, of course, which was Scramble. Uh, Why did you decide to do Scramble for the seventy eight hundred? Um, I, I had a scrolling uh, scrolling demo that I had I had to myself, and I thought I would be able to handle Scramble. I, I liked Scramble too, and I figured I'd try to give that a shot. Um, I, I wanted to, I knew there was 320 mode, high resolution mode on the, uh, on the 7800 and I figured I could get it a one-to-one graphic wise, you know, um, and I, I, I was trying to think of a way to do it and I just started doing it and that was the only way to find out. <laughs> so, All right. So it was like a programming challenge is why you did it. Yeah. Did you uh, play a lot of the arcade scramble or the Vectrex version? Both again. Yeah. I, I, uh, more of the, of course, the Vectrex version, but um, I, I liked I liked the arcade version too. What were some of the challenges you had with uh, Scramble? Actually, it's funny you should bring that one up because it's the same. It was the same thing. The uh, the um, meteors that come at you, I had to flicker also because there were a lot of a lot of things on the screen. The, the ship is made up of uh, the ship is pretty big um, horizontal wise, and um, it took a lot of um, a lot of memory to to. To, just on layman's terms, it took a lot of memory to get that that uh, ship on there with three colors and all that stuff. Um, so with the shots and the the meteors and even the UFO stage, I had to flicker those as well um, because I ran out of Maria time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's as noticeable there as as it was in Armor Attack, but uh, you you could still see it if you see if you look for it. But how long did it take you to uh, program Scramble for the seventeen hundred? I don't recall. I think it was about six months. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. What about Armor Attack? Probably around the same. I, I found that looking back at my at the threads that are in there, I was doing two games a year. Wow. So starting in 2006 and 2007, I think. So I, I probably I would average about six months a game. Hmm. The only one that was quick, that was really quick, was um, um, the last one I just did. Um, uh, oh, Wow. <laughs> Astro Fighter, Astro Fighter, that was oh, yeah, mm-hmm. incredible game. 
Thank you. I, I that that one I had to get it done in time for the show, the the show in July, the Austin show. So I had three weeks to do it. So I, I yeah, that was that was a quick one. I was I I, I surprised myself that, that I got that one done. I, I still hope there's no bugs in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's incredible. Thank you. How many games have you actually done now? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm counting them behind me. <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 22. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> Thanks. I have, uh, I have a couple that I, I've been meaning to get back to also. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, that re- the Resolve one, the, the zombie game, I really want to get back to that, but I'm kind of like a, like almost like writer's block. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You ever uh, think of jumping ship at the 7800 and heading to uh, Vectrex development? Um, honestly, no. <laughs> um, I, I like I, I'm at home with the 7800. I'm I'd be very reluctant to go to a different uh, platform at this point, um, especially anything like the 2600. I, I I I did a couple hacks for that before I moved over, and it was just uh, that's that's I don't know how those guys do it. It's that's yeah. very, to me very difficult. So you found the 1700 is a much more friendlier to program for than the 2600? I think so. And, uh, you also did Frenzy for the 1700 and you used uh, the original, uh, didn't you use uh, uh, Berserk sounds in that? Oh, yeah. the uh, um, oh, Who helped me with that? Um, I, I actually, from Astro Blaster, I, I used the same um, voice code. Um, oh, my God. I'm dr- I'm, he's going to kill me. I'm... I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Well, um, forgive me. I'm going to have to come back to that. Somebody gave me the code for that, and I used it in Astro Blaster and Frenzy, Berserk, slash Berserk. Um, I took the, again, I took the graphics directly from the arcade game. Alan McNeil, who wrote the arcade game, helped me. I, was, I went back and forth with him, emailing him, and he was, t- he was telling me how he did one, something, and I tried to implement it. So he, that's why he's credited on the title screen. Hmm. Oh, that's, wow, that's, good. that's cool. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I, I was I thought that was so cool that he that he would willing to help me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with um, Owen Rubin with the Space Duel. I was able to to go back and you know talk to him through email as well. Wow, that's awesome. How, how do you go about deciding what you like to try to tackle? It just happened. I I don't. Um, it it was mostly games that didn't get a either didn't get a port or got very few ports to systems. I like underdogs <laughs> um <laughs> and um it, it they have to it have to beat the criteria they were underdog and i and i liked them and i used to play them back in the day so that was those two things if those two things were uh, happened then that's that's what made me try a game especially with astro blaster oh i love that game that's another good one any plans of doing another uh, vectrex game an exclusive vectrex game like clean sweep and make a trilogy i started clean sweep <laughs> did you Wow. Yeah, um, I, I used the uh, the obviously the Pac-Man uh, source code as a starting point, but I did start Clean Sweep. Um, I guess another one I kind of started doing and then just left it because um, I start, got got kind of got tired of doing Pac-Man games. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but I, I may pick that up again. But yeah, Clean that's funny you should mention Clean Sweep. Um, I did I give that to Jinx? Or J or J and Z. I actually, I think I gave the source code to him. Either, either I think J J N Z. I don't know his real name, but his, his AA name is J N Z. Because um, he was gonna, he was 
hyped on on finishing that. So I said, here, go ahead, have at it. Um, <laughs> so uh, he may finish it before I get back that'd to us. Awesome. Oh, that'd be awesome. So that's, that's definitely a game that hasn't been ported to uh, any systems other than the Vectrex. Yes. Yeah. All right. Willie, you got any uh, more questions? Uh, yeah, I got I got one more. Uh oh. It's nothing bad. <laughs> On the list of Vectrex games that you remember, is there any other ones besides Clean Sweep that you consider maybe trying to make a seventy hundred version of? Uh, um, I almost thought of Cosmic Chasm, but um. I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Um, were there? Well, I well, you know, it, it, maybe if you count Dark Tower, because I know that was never released. It, it was a game for the Vectrex, but it was never released, and it did start Dark Tower. Ooh, um, right. But uh, I that's that's one I really want to finish because I want to use the original. I don't know if you remember Dark Tower, the board game. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm working. I want to get back. There's another one I have that put away. I want to get back to working on that because I want to use the original screens, the original um, artwork that that comes up in the tower. You know when it yeah. when you select something. Yeah. I want to use those on the screen to, to oh. just flash on the screen when it when it. Uh, oh, that'd be incredible. I, I would love to do that. I I need to get back to that. That would be incredible. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And all the people who have the dark towers that have missing pieces or the tower broke or something like that would be able to play it again. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. So uh, 2015 is almost over. Uh, what are you going to work on for next year? Um, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been a little burnt out um, this past half year, and I, I, I'm just starting to come out of it. So I think... I was going to do something like, um, and this is the first anybody's hearing of this. I was going to do something like Demon Attack Two. <gasps> oh, oh my awesome. gosh! <laughs> um, I, I had already started the framework using Astro Blaster. I'm sorry, Astro Fighter as a starting point because I the the code. I was that's the only code I'm actually happy with because it's very structured and very finally after ten years of doing this, um, <laughs> it's finally you know set up easy. So that's easy to change if I have to do something with it. So I wanted, I wanted to do something with it. So I, I, uh, I was thinking of Demon Attack Two or something like that. But I, uh, I don't know which one to go back to now. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I got to finish something because I, I hate having an unfinished list. Those are two good ones right there. Well, we can't wait to see what you come out with uh, for 2016. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm always uh, uh, watching the forums, looking for new posts from you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for all of the homebrew games that you've made so far. It's just amazing the uh, number of games you've helped to add to the 700 library. It's just so awesome. Oh, thanks. So. You, you guys are too nice. Thank you very much. I, I just love doing it, so it's, I'll keep doing it as long as I can. Well, it definitely shows in your work. <laughs> yes, it does. It's awesome games. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks uh, for joining us, uh, Robert. It's, it's awesome to talk to you. No problem. Again, thank you for even thinking of me. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> this is the system chosen two to one over Atari and in television for real arcade gameplay. Fantastic! Presenting the revolutionary Vectrex arcade system. Ordinary home video games can't match the laser-sharp visual effects of Vectrex because only Vectrex has a real arcade screen built in. No TV set needed, so every Vectrex cartridge gives you real arcade gameplay that others can't. Vectrex 
it stands alone. Now let's see what's on eBay for anything interesting Vetrix related. Whoa. Yeah, I think we're probably looking at the same thing. The one with uh, two Vectrex consoles, 30 games, overlays, manuals, and three controllers? No, I'm looking at uh, Mr. Boston Clean Sleep Sweep plus the original Vectrex system for $4,000. Oh, yikes. 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 Now, I found one from the U.S. that uh, I didn't see the other day, but for some reason it only has three hours left now. What? Yeah. Um... It's going for 460 for the current bid. Has three bids on it. It has. Uh, it says the monitor works. Other than no picture, just sound. The tube must be burned out or disconnected. Um, or the just turned down. <laughs> yeah, but one of them works. Uh, it's shown on. So there's two Vectrixes. Uh, and it's got 30 games boxed with the overlays. Wow. Uh, and all the manuals and three controllers. One of the controllers wow. has a box. Oh man, that's a nice little uh, bundle there. That is a that is a big bundle. <laughs> it's an incredible bundle. Yeah, I've never seen one quite so large before. So if you got five hundred dollars to spend, that would have been a good deal. If you would have found it. Yeah. Well, I see that Minicade is still up for sale. Is it still sitting at twenty at two thousand four ninety five? Oh, it's gone down in price. Yeah, it keeps going down in price every time it gets relisted. It's only got 11 hours left. The Vetrix Minicade. Well, that's pretty cool. They cut the price in half, and it's still not selling. That's kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of cool, though. Yeah, it is really cool looking. I know recently someone showed theirs off on the Vetrix Fans Unite uh, Facebook group. Yes. But yeah, what do you think? Is uh, 2500 still a little too steep for it? For me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for me, obviously. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think the sweet sweet spot price would be for a Vectrex Arcade? I'm thinking about no more than fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I think the best deal that's on eBay right now, as the time we're recording this, is uh, a Vectrex with a 3D imager, thirteen oh. games. Oh. And the buy it now price of three fifty. Ah, uh, yeah. Nobody has bid on it yet. What's going on? <laughs> That's crazy. It only has four days, eleven hours left as of the recording of this podcast. So I mean, usually the Vectrex Imager goes for three fifty by itself. Yeah. Well, maybe because it's so close to the holiday. It could be people don't have That's the money. Sell stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it shows the Vectrex working. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a 3D imager. Oh, yeah. Five They've got one up at Retro Taku up in Detroit. It's, it's like, I think they went $400 for it or something. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be the going rate for just the imagers around 350 to 400 Yeah. Just can't bring myself to drop that kind of coin. Yeah. If I had that kind of coin, I would drop it in a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm poor. I mean, a 3D imager is awesome. When I messed with the game on at Classic Gaming Expo, it, it was... It was out of this world. Oh, it's something that was pointed out to us recently. Uh, in one of our episodes, we talked about how on GameGavel, someone is selling a Vector Pilot for the Vectrex, uh, new in the box, you know, homebrew classic, uh, for $125, which you can actually still buy them new from their website, the people that are selling it, for about 55 bucks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
And this is this is apparently something that's been going on a lot. Even though this game is being sold, uh, still people are putting on eBay and different auction sites and trying to sell it for 150 to 200 dollars when you can still get the thing from the guy who made it for about 55 dollars. <laughs> so if you're out if you're out there, beware. This is kind of a scam where people are trying to double the price on a game that uh, is still available. If you want to get a reasonably priced version of Vector Pilots from the guy who made it, so you can go over to Christoph's new Vectrixgames.comly.com and uh, for 40 euros uh, it can be yours, plus about 6 euros shipping, or 10 if you're outside of Europe. So a much better deal than being scammed on eBay or other auction sites. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if you're not in the know, uh, good old Victor Marlin is about to uh, release a controller for the Vectrex, a new controller. Not sure what the price is or how it will be available. He's making a limited number, and uh, details will follow in the future. It's looking pretty cool so far. I like the uh, the metal case that says Vectrex on the front, and the control panel looks really nice. Yeah, it looks sweet. It looks really good. Just wish he would make more than a few. I wish he would make a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. So I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to get one of these. Definitely, and this one would be one that could probably service fairly easy because there's no decal to take off on the top. Yeah, that's a big plus for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'd use one of these and save my original one, you know, from wear and tear. All right, and uh, next time we'll be talking about Bedlam. Awesome. So thanks for listening to Vectrex Radio. Vectrex on your dial. You bet your asteroids. Vectrex Radio is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network, a great site where you can find awesome podcasts such as Two Dudes in a Nest, Turtle Flakes, Genesis Gems, and the N64 Retrocast, among many other great podcasts. (laughs) 